Hey, well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be back. Uh, Finally made it back uh, from the mountains where I broke my hip. Uh, Come back to this new reality, right? This new reality that we all are trying to navigate and figure out that these are some weird times that we are living in. And so what happens is in the midst of chaos, we look for anything that we can find that is some sort of normality in our life, right? Todd, you know what I'm talking about on this. And uh, it's nice to be back to normal a little bit. Al and Barb, it's good to see you guys here uh, this, this morning. And uh, I even think we've got a visitor somewhere, right? I mean, that's, that's the crazy that we live in. This is our new reality. It's me here and you there, and yet somehow we're trying to connect on this level that we can all relate to. Well, I don't know that uh, the reality is is that this is just going to be different for a little while. And in fact, I, I don't even know if the church as we know it will ever be the same. I think that there will be... Uh, a time in which we come to appreciate more the gathering together and understand the importance of gathering together uh, that we will get to experience when all of this is over. Well, we're in this series called Jesus Talks, and we're talking about the important words of Jesus that are so applicable to our lives today. They were applicable uh, in antiquity, but they're applicable now. Uh, to our lives today. And I, I want us to turn to John chapter 16, verse 31 through 33. And, uh, and if you don't have a Bible with you, if you're watching uh, with us this morning and you don't have a Bible, if you're watching through the website portal, uh, you can actually click down below the video. There's a little Bible link, and that will allow you to look up the scriptures and be able to follow along with us as we go on this morning. So, John chapter 16. Uh, verses 31 through 33. Starting in verse 31, it says, Do you now believe? Now, the context of this is Jesus is in the upper room. He's talking to this group of disciples that he loves and has been spending the last three years with. But you need to understand that this is before Easter. This is before his death and resurrection. And he's talking to his disciples and he's asking them a question. He says, do you now believe? And he says in verse 32 that there's a time coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. Think about that for a second, what I just read. A time is coming, and oh, by the way, in fact has come when each of you will be scattered into your own home. He goes on to say that you will leave me alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. It's a really important verse right there. He says, I'm telling you these things so that in me you may have peace. Because in this world, you will have trouble. And he ain't kidding. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is a phrase that he wants to speak to you today. A phrase that says, take heart. 
that your sins are forgiven, that, that you're saved, that in the midst of financial turmoil and fears, in the midst of worldly worries and health hardships, in the midst of painful persecutions, our Lord says, I want you to take heart, my child. Take heart. And the question for us is why? Why, why does he say this? Why would he feel as though he has the authority to say this to us, that in the midst of whatever it is that we're going through, that he could say to us, take heart? Well, it's because he goes on to say, I have overcome the world. And check this out. What's interesting about this is, is the timing of this. There's something mystifying and strange about the timing because, to be honest, for anyone other than the Son of God to say this would be crazy. But here we have Jesus, the Son of God, saying, I have overcome the world. I have, not I will, I have. Jesus says, Jesus says, I have overcome the world before the death and burial and resurrection. That even before Jesus rose from the dead, he had already overcome the world. The cross wasn't a failure, it was a triumph. It wasn't the end, it was just simply the beginning. His resurrection, it solidified and it cemented, if you will, his, his lordship or his, his authority over the world that opposed him. In fact, it solidifies his victory against a world that honestly and truthfully cannot give the peace that he gives. That he was able to bring comfort to a disciple who's filled with sorrow and pain. See, our Jesus, our Lord, has overcome the world. He has. That even in the midst of complete chaos, he has overcome the world. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for you sitting on your couch, driving your car, getting the food ready for this afternoon? What, what does that mean for your tribulations? What does that mean when, when you are being pressed and squeezed in the midst of circumstances and situations that are seemingly endless at this point. What it means is that his victory over the pressures that are facing us, his victory over the tribulations that we endure, has already been completed. That even before we finish enduring these, these times together, the reality is, is that he has already overcome. See, we can face these things then with faith and courage. We can, we can have hope for his resurrection is the confirmation of his promise that he will be with us. It's confirmation of the promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. See, we can, we can take heart in times of these kinds of crazy financial things, in, the, in times of, of world pandemics, in times where there's health hardships, what this means is that we can live as a people of hope because he is our hope. 
What does hope mean? Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. See, the reason we can live in peace is because we have this assurance of hope, that hope actually looks ahead. Hope is a confident expectation of what tomorrow is. Yes, today is tough. There's no, there's no doubting that, that today is difficult times. But hope says that tomorrow will be better than today. Hope says, guess what? The sun will come out tomorrow. In fact, there's even a cheesy song that was on Annie about it. The sun will come out tomorrow, right? That, that's what hopefulness is, that hope is about what's ahead problem is, is if we're being honest, I think sometimes we wrestle with that. I wrestle with this. I I wrestle with it because, to be honest, today is so in front of us that for most of us, we are, are at home with our families and we're home at times alone and we're bombarded with social media. We're bombarded with the news. We're bombarded with what is today. And rarely do we capture any sort of glimpse of hope of what might be tomorrow. See, life, this life, it gives us questions, right? It gives us the the question mark, if you will. Uh, If you go all the way back to the, the first temptation of humankind, of mankind, what you find is that the enemy of our soul tempts us with a question. If you remember the question, I didn't take art class or anything here, so let's not get too crazy, but if you remember the question, the first temptation of humanity, did God really say that? Did God really say that you mustn't eat from the fruit? And that still rings true today, doesn't it? That the enemy of our soul continues to bombard us with questions that begin to cause fear and anxiety in our life. Are you really healed? Is God really going to take care of you? Is my rooted group really being all that effective? Are you really going to make it through this pandemic. Life is all about the questions. But then hope comes along, doesn't it? Hope comes along and and tears off all of that and says, we're not going to do it like that. We're we're not going to be about questioning everything. We're not going to be about allowing the enemy to breed fear and anxiety into our life and question who God is. See, hope comes along with an exclamation. Hope comes along and says that our God is a healer. Our God will never leave us or forsake us. Our God will take care of our family. Our, the hope 
that we have in God comes from the reality that our hope is in a future in heaven. The, the reality in all of this is that we will find ourselves listening to the enemy in question instead of actually living to the proclamation and the exclamation of who God is. That he is the God that heals. That I am forgiven. That I am set free. That I am a child of God as we sang earlier this morning. That the reality is is that we are a people who when we begin to live into the exclamation of who God is, into the promises of who God is, that we can know that he will never Leave us or forsake us that there is no weapon that is formed against us that's going to prosper. That hope is the exclamation point that heaven is our future. We will not be abandoned. That we have the mind of Christ. Hope says, I'm going to be okay. See, when I'm wrestling with questions, this is the handle that I want to hold on to. This is... This is where I want to grab hold of. It's in the promises and the exclamation points of who God is in this life. Romans 15, 13 says this to us. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. How many of us would love to have a little bit of joy and a little bit of peace in our lives today? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Anything we face, he has enough that no matter what we're walking through in the here and now, in the today, that when we feel like we can't hold on any longer, guess what? He is the God of all hope. He is the God that, that gives us a hope that overflows out of our life. And then we're given this message of hope in Hebrews 6.19 where it says that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul that it is firm and secure How many of us know that our feelings are often not very firm and not very secure? That our hope, when it is found in Him, is solid, it is secure. See, my feelings that make me wring my hands and and begin to worry or in anxiousness, my feelings that go up and down uh, with the with the stock market, when my feelings that make me anxious for my finances, my feelings about my health and my family's health, you mean to tell me that in the midst of all of my feelings, you can actually have a security that is the anchor of your soul, which is hope. It's a funny thing about anchors. I'm not a nautical person, uh, certainly not in my current state. Uh, I don't know a lot about sailing. I don't know a lot about boats, but I do know this. I know that one of the most important parts of a boat or one of the most important things that you need if you're going to be out on the water is an anchor. 
And so one of the first things you ought to do is when you get on the boat is you need to go and make sure that the anchor is there, that you have an anchor. But we all understand and know this inherently that if you get on the boat and you go out to sea but you didn't check to make sure anything was tied to the anchor, then the anchor doesn't do you any good. Right? If you throw an anchor that doesn't have anything tied to it out into the water, you just threw out a, a, a weight into the water. And so what you want to make sure is you want to make sure that there's actually something attached to the anchor, that there's a rope that's tied onto it, and that that rope that's tied to the anchor is secure. But even that's not enough. See, what you want to know is, is if you were to follow that rope, if you were to gather it all up, if you were to check the chain, and, and you want to make sure that on the other end, that on one end it's connected to the anchor, but on the other end it's connected to your boat. Because if you just throw an anchor over that's got a rope on it, but it's not connected to the boat, it's not going to do you any good. So you need an anchor. You need an anchor for your life. In the midst of the storm, it's important to have an anchor for your boat. It's important because you, you don't want to drift, but it also is important because it will help you stay into a particular direction. It will hold you into a particular direction. And the reality is, is oftentimes we, in the midst of storms, in the midst of, of trials like we're facing today, the reality is, is we're like, yes, I need an anchor for my soul. But, but the reality is, is that even in the midst of restful times, in times of peace, if you've ever been out on a boat and there's calm waters and you want to go for a swim, guess what? You still need an anchor. Because if you don't, what will happen is the, uh, the, the waves and the tides will pull you and cause you to drift. And you'll find yourself now all of a sudden completely further away from the place that you wanted to be. What happens then is doubt and negativity and unbelief start causing our boat to drift. The, the truth is, is that we need an anchor for our soul. That whether we feel like we're in a time of rest, although I'm not sure anyone feels that necessarily, or if we find ourselves in the midst of a storm, we have to rely on the anchor of our soul. Because what happens in the motion and the waves of this life, when we rely on our anchor, we can know that our anchor will hold. Let me show you how, uh, just a few ways that you can be sure that you are connected to your anchor. Uh, and it's this uh, kind of cheesy little acronym for the word hope, but it'll be up on the screen and hopefully it'll be a reminder to you during this season of what it means to live in a life of hope. The first is H, hold on to God's word. Hope and God's word, one and the same. That God's word actually is the thing that tightens down the knot of the anchor, Right, that I'm going to live the Word of God. I'm going to, to grab hold of the Word of God. 
Psalm 91 says that the Lord is my refuge and I make the most high my dwelling. In other words, I'm going to look to him to be the place in which I dwell. Therefore, no harm will overtake me. No disaster will come near my tent for he will command his angels concerning me to guard me in all my ways. I will call on the Lord and he will answer me. He will be with me in trouble and, will, and with long life, God will satisfy me and show me his salvation. There's something so powerful about that passage of Scripture and Psalm 91. In fact, we want to help you hold on to God's word this week. We feel so strongly about the importance of hope being directly related to being in God's word that we want to help you with that throughout the week this week. Uh, we want to do this together. In fact, we have something to help you with that, a tool that's going to take place throughout this week. We put a video together to introduce it. So go ahead and take a look at this. Hey, Lifehouse. I am here with Andrea Freeman, and we got an email from Andrea on Monday, and the Lord placed something on her heart uh, that we believe was not just for you, Andrea, but we believed it was for um, our entire church and actually anybody online that would want to join us. Andrea is one of our unique life coaches. And um, Andrea, will you share uh, the backstory behind this study and then what this study is? Yeah. So um, last week I was out and about and I needed to do some grocery shopping. And so whenever I went into the store, I could see that there was panic um, that must be taking place. And so it just really made me realize that um, there's no need to panic in the fact that God is our refuge and he's our strength um, and that it is in his presence that we're protected. And so that's Psalm 91. And then when you mentioned it on Sunday morning, it was just the confirmation to me that um, I had something on my heart to share. So I sat down at my computer and started writing. So you wrote a study. And tell us a little bit about how this Bible study is built. So um, it's really just a study to dive deeper into God's Word. Okay. And so the first day is an overview. It's six days. Um, and the first day is an overview of Psalm 91 okay. and just kind of what it means to you. And then each day after breaks it down and goes into different parts of the Bible because God makes that promise all over. Mm -hmm. You know, from Genesis to Revelation, He promises that He is with us that he doesn't forsake us and that he is our refuge. That's awesome. What is your hope that you hope comes out of this? My hope is that as a church community, whether you're someone that's struggling with this or fear or just any of us, that we can really learn what it means to dwell in the presence of the Lord and that that is our shelter. That's awesome. So we love this study. Uh, we, we think it's fantastic. Uh, so this is how we're going to roll it out. This is how we're going to make it available to you, is that we are posting the entire study to be able to be downloaded on our website, lifehousesa.com. And then each day we're going to post the daily study, um, Monday through Saturday, on our social media platform. So on Instagram, on Facebook. So that'll be available daily to download. And then we're going to go live every day at noon, Monday through Saturday this week. You're going to host a um, like a round table discussion uh, that anybody can be a part of. And it'll be through Lifehouse's page. You can, whether you're at work, in the break room, whether you're at home, wherever you might be on your phone, in your car, hopefully not while you're driving, but you know, pull over or we'll just, we'll do this live and we can do this study together. You'll be able to interact and be able to um, really just be a church family together virtually doing this study together. So we want to encourage everybody 
to participate in this study, whether you download it and you do it by yourself or with your family or whether you join us on Facebook Live, whatever format works for you is great, but we really believe that God is gonna do something really special this week through this study. So we'd love for you to join us. And so we hold on to God's word first, and then the O is this optimistic outlook, not because of who we are, because of who Jesus is, but because of who Jesus is. That we can be confident about the future. It doesn't mean that we deny that there isn't trouble out there. It doesn't mean that we deny that things aren't going to happen or things aren't going to even get worse. It doesn't deny that there's not going to be or that there's going to be pain. It's just that in the midst of all of those things, we can be optimistic, not because we are home sequestered into our houses, but because we have God with us. That in the midst of all of this chaos, we can be optimistic because we know that God is going to be with us. We can live our life knowing that there is a future. We don't have to let life fill you with the question marks. We can instead live with the promises and the exclamation points that God gives us. The P is purity in the grace of God. That as much as the word of God and hope go hand in hand, purity and hope go hand in hand. In 1 John 3, 3, it says, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. That if you confess your sins, he is faithful to forgive you of your sins. And listen, it's hard. It's hard to live a pure life if you don't have hope. If you don't have hope, then you just do whatever you want. But when you have hope, a pure life begins to be a part of the thing that you begin to live for, that God's love is sufficient and His grace is abundant even in the midst of your weakness. That we find hope when we find purity. The last thing is the E. And maybe one of the most difficult of the acronym, it's enduring no matter what happens. We don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. We don't know how worse this is going to get. But I do know this, that I'm going to remain in God's Word. I I don't know what, what the next weeks hold for this church, what the next weeks hold for our city and our state and our country. But I do know this, I'm going to stay resolute in my faith. I'm going to endure no matter what the outside circumstances are. That's my my petition to you, that's my hope for you, is that we will, as a people, as a church, as a community of believers who love Jesus, that we would endure no matter what the external circumstances happen, no matter what happens out there, that we are going to stay resolute, not only in God's word, not only in prayer, but in our faith. I'm going to endure no matter what. And the reason why I'm able to do that is because my Savior, my God, is my living hope. The best way 
to find endurance in the midst of difficult circumstances is through prayer. Psalm 34.4 says, I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. If you've been around LifeHouse for very long, you know that we have become a people of prayer, that we want to uh, make it a point to invite you into a time of prayer. I know there was an announcement made that, that if you have prayer requests, you can fill out the card, the digital card that's at the top of the screen. But here's the thing is sometimes just filling out a digital card isn't enough. I recognize that there are some of you who are at home right now feeling anxious and fearful about what tomorrow holds. And can I just invite you today that we mentioned this at the very onset of this broadcast, but, but I want to invite you again that you can actually talk to someone today and get prayer. We have set aside a number for anyone from all the way until noon today, from 9 to noon today, that you can call and you can get a hold of one of our prayer team. This is an opportunity if you need prayer. If you need prayer for healing, if you need physical healing, emotional healing, uh, if you need uh, prayer for uh, anxiousness and, and f- whatever it is, we want to pray with you. And so if you call the number that's on the screen, it's 844-224-8633. If you call that number, listen, we have people who are waiting to pray with you, to encourage you, to love on you. You could talk to a real voice. But listen, if for some reason you are calling and it's just ringing and nobody's picking up, just stay on the line. It will, as soon as someone's available, it just means that it's flooded. And as soon as there's someone available, they will get to your phone call. Stay on the line. We want to pray with you. And so call the number on the screen. We'll leave that number uh, there on the screen for a little while in case uh, you need some prayer. Listen, everybody, Jesus, Jesus is my anchor. And my anchor, it holds. I have hope. And my hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. If you're watching this live stream with us today and you don't have any hope, maybe you find yourself in the midst of this situation, this circumstance, and it feels hopeless, and you don't know where to turn, if you don't have hope, can I just tell you this morning, His name is Jesus. In fact, right where you're at, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, just stop for a moment, whether you're watching this on your couch, or you're laying in bed, or you're getting food ready for the kids, would you just pause for a moment, and would you say this with me, Jesus is my hope. That Jesus is my hope. I think it's only appropriate to end our message with the last words that Jesus gave to his disciples and for us today. That in this world, you will have tribulation. You will have trials. But take heart. Take heart Sons and daughters of the Most High God, take heart because He has overcome the world.
And because he has overcome the world, he in turn is the hope of the world. And because he is the hope of the world, he is the anchor for our souls. Let's pray.